0: Welcome to the Run From Podcast, Episode Fifty Six. Freddie, uh, Rob, how are you getting over there?
1: <laughs> Very good, thank you.
0: You keep saying you look like Magnum PI, and I'm like, uh, no, it's one other famous bloke with a mustache, mate. Not Magnum PI.
1: Is that because I'm on my my cut, so I'm getting thinner and thinner and looking more scrawny?
0: On your cut, I thought you were trying to do seven different workouts and for seven different days. Is that what? I'm on mentioned? a
1: bulk, but it doesn't seem to be working.
0: Your bulk lasts a year, mate. That's why. <laughs>
2: you're, you're bulking, but you're also uh, you're also cutting. Your bulks plateaued.
1: I'm bulking on 120 kilometers a week training.
0: <laughs> bulking up stress fractures. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Rob Foster, the other Rob. Hello, how you doing? You've already this, started your intro. Started properly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're recording. Yeah. We're recording now.
0: We've already had you once with a fake with a fake start, <laughs> mate. Welcome back to the show. We've not seen you for a while. Can't remember the last time we had you on. Uh, Running Columbia's economy with eyes, Rob Foster. Yeah, 18th of May, show 31.
1: I remember. I remember. I was in the kitchen for that one. That's why I recorded it.
0: Yeah, running's biggest factor. What affects Mm. it? How to measure it? How to improve it? You can go back and listen to Rob Foster tell us all about that. Show 31. It's actually a really good show. I remember it.
1: Mm. That's why I remember where we actually recorded it.
0: Mm. Yeah, because you were back on the Mm. (laughs)
1: show.
0: What's happening, lads? Let's get some updates. Skinny, let's start with you. You've been racing.
2: I have, well, I've been trying to, um, semi-successful, did a half marathon a couple of weeks ago, did okay on that, came third overall, which is a nice result, but it was the my Dubai city run and it was more hairpins than I can dare to count, so it was a good good introduction to racing and then we had a 10k just this weekend gone, so I came fourth overall there, first in age group and that was horrific, my body was nowhere.
0: Body <laughs> was nowhere. What, why, what, what do you mean when you say that, mate? Because I think that would interest quite a lot of people is how do you know when you feel like your body's nowhere? What, what does that mean?
2: Um, so I've been training at 320s for this 10K and I've been like, pacing at 320s. So I was able to do that in repeat and that's, it feels fine. It feels super comfy. Then we take it to a race situation and you join it all up your body wants to go, but your legs just don't really, really follow in tune and you just feel empty. So that you feel like you're hitting a ceiling and you just can't go any further.
0: And what do you think was the cause of that?
2: Uh, I think it's hard to put a pin in it, but I reckon my preparation wasn't ideal in so much as that. Sleep for the last two nights before the run, as I discussed with you, Tom, was a little bit rubbish so I was lacking in sleep and I just wasn't I don't think I was optimally like fresh for it
0: Fair enough and okay at what point in the race did you feel you couldn't push as hard as you wanted to and what did you do when you felt that
2: 5 or 6k the pace had dropped off a little bit from like started off at 5.15 and I had to have a word with the lads I was like lads come on it's not what we agreed at the start. Uh, and so they said they can't understand you. Yeah, pretty well to a French bloke, right? So it was pretty hard to get it across. Now um, they were going, then they started knocking out, like so three, 315, 318, and then it went to 320s. And then about four, five K, I started to, to labor at that cadence and that speed. And then I was like, okay, this isn't gonna work. If I keep going this, I'm either gonna blow and have to stop or just just stop trying to grab onto them and get a P back. So I just backed off by two, three seconds a K for the next two K and see if I could recover and then catch them up. But then once the elastic snapped, it was gone. So then I dropped down to like three thirties. And then for the last K I brought it back a bit.
1: Now, do you, I have a question for you, do you notice the difference between two or three seconds a K? Ah,
2: uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Back off.
1: Interesting.
2: I knock off two seconds a K, I feel the difference. It just feels a little bit more within myself. Yeah. Do you?
1: I don't say I wouldn't say I've ever run to that specific a number where I could dial back just two or three seconds a kilometer.
2: Yeah, I suppose when you when you go well, when you go at three twenties, it's the percentage change between mm. two seconds and five seconds changes, right? So it's still, it's still a decent amount of change yeah, that top end, it makes a huge difference. Massive. It's like you're going from a race pace to a jog. I say jog, he's still running
0: great. Right? <laughs> uh, my other question to you, mate, because obviously you, you run the, the cycling division with us. How have you
2: managed your cycling training
0: while preparing for the half marathons and the 10K?
2: Uh, okay, actually, so... The intensity stays my runs and then I cross train using the cycle. So because, you, because it, the well the fundamentals of cycling and running are essentially the same the physiology and the training can cross over quite nicely. I've been using the, the longer rides to keep my intensity apart from Walker Wednesday, which is just continued death and the intensity has fallen into to the running. So that makes it more specific for the event, that makes sense.
0: Yeah great rob jones what you've been up to apart from growing a slug on the top of your lip
1: it's a fantastic slug come on uh, i've been doing much the same running very very far with heavier and heavier weights on my back and trying to figure out a way to pack this bag so that i don't have to regrow my skin every week
0: i was uh, training someone yesterday and they asked me if you were in the army and you'd been shot in the back to say no I said he went for a run with a backpack and he goes what did he run for 12 hours and I went yep
1: <laughs> hours, the, yeah. the look of fear on his face <laughs> yes yes he did 12 hours exactly well done <laughs> yeah why don't you tell us about
0: that mate you uh, went for a little <laughs> night run didn't you
1: I did I decided that I would run to the coffee run so I started at 10 p.m I just did a nice casual 50k around the best tourism spots of Dubai <laughs> And then I uh, slept outside one of the toilets at the beach track.
2: (laughs) Another (laughs) highlight of Dubai.
1: I did. I had a friend for company. Actually, I stopped and had a shower at one of the showers on the beach. Um, Hung my clothes up on the hedge, pumped up my little airbed and uh, got some kit. Actually, I had to explain to the toilet attendant what I was doing. And he had no, even after explanation, he still didn't know. So I just decided it wasn't worth the effort and just fell asleep for an hour and a half.
0: I'd imagine if we asked this to other people who saw you, you'd be the weirdest thing you saw, they saw that night. But what was the weirdest thing you saw that night?
1: Do you know what? It's inter- it was a Wednesday night, so I didn't expect it to be that busy. The amount of people that are running around the ca- not even, well, the amount of people running around the canal at 1am, 2am, blew my mind, blew my mind. Really? I expected it to be completely dead. I must've seen six or seven people running. I just thought, what are they doing? But then I guess maybe they're, you know, maybe they're night shift workers or they're, you know, they're doing the eight-hour shifts and maybe they finish their shift and then go for a run or maybe they go for a run and then start their shift. I just, it was just so many people out running, blew my mind. And also the amount of people that were drunk as well. No. <laughs> so many drunk people. <laughs> just st- staggering around the canal path. Really? creating obstacles men women dungeons, everything yeah and then later on later on when you got to the uh, twilight hours let's say the walk of shame you saw lots of walks of shame people heading home after a night of uh, frivolity let's say
0: I wish you'd done a selfie with everyone you
1: saw I should have you know I just I I thought I can't film all these people there's too much going on I just was focusing on my goal for once (laughs) not gopro
0: yeah no it looked uh looked pretty fun actually
1: Wait, well, do you know it's really it's interesting running around dubai at night time really really interesting ne- yeah. next next arena i think that'd be interesting at night time it
0: would yeah i think you'd probably just be similar to daytime there yeah <laughs>
1: yeah exactly different
0: light brilliant so everything's still on track
1: everything is still on track yes as as we stand we're still set to go at the end of november the end of november
0: excellent good well we've got rob on this week to talk about recovery weeks so you actually mentioned it to me mate that it was something you wanted to chat through mm. why don't you tell us why how it came about and then we'll get into it
2: this this is proper starting 100% we're all in there, mate full gas Sweet. So I, actually, it's come off the back of a couple of questions from some of my athletes who have are in a recovery week or just come off a recovery week. And the sensations or the side effects of recovery week is actually a direct quote. What are the side effects of recovery week? So it, it just got me thinking what experiences you guys have had with your athletes and what sort of things do you include in a warm-up uh, recovery week to negate these or how do you explain to them how it should feel and what it should feel like and why it feels like this so obviously when when a couple of athletes come up and say i feel like absolute rubbish that's that's the first one (laughs) so you we work in traditional three-week builds with a week off or recovery week and we find that by item we find that I get a lot of messages about how lethargic they're feeling, how rubbish they're feeling, how every session feels harder than their harder runs in the previous load. And it's trying to explain to get a reason why behind why that is actually happening. And if you look at it, well, what are you guys, what sort of feedback do you guys get with with recovery weeks, your athletes?
0: I would say the number one is like uh almost impatience or like irritability they want it to just fly by and get back into training straight away really maybe not understanding why they're actually needing the recovery
1: week probably
2: yeah i get irritability i think via texts
1: it depends as well. Like, so f- for lots of people, like you think lots of people love, they love going out, they love training, and they like pushing themselves quite hard. And when you take that, it's almost like you take that away from them. You're ripping part of their soul out. And they just want to, as soon as you take it away, they want it immediately back. And all they do is think about what they're not doing. They see everybody else running or training or cycling, and they just want to, it's almost yeah. like fear of missing out, isn't it? Because the community is so strong, as soon as somebody shouldn't be at something, or you know, they see a session they want to do, it's very, very hard. I get the same, exactly the same.
2: Full FOMO. You get FOMO on a daily basis, Rob Jones. You get as you is. see somebody working out and it's a case of having to get back in and just get back on
1: it. I have a very big to do list.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think definitely uh, FOMO and irritability and an overriding sense of fatigue and the sessions are super hard for them when usually they've, they've just come off of like the hardest week in the third week when they've been smashing out like 20 seconds a K quicker and for an extra half an hour so I think it's just really interesting to understand what's actually going on in your body when you recover so we again we work in that, that classic periodization or most of us do and depending on the person and the length depends on the person as well, how much load they can handle. So each week you ramp up your training, it gets progressively really harder. And then you have to allow the body to, to, um, to recover and adapt. And that's what people sometimes don't understand is that adaptation process is probably the most important part of the training cycle. Cause if you don't allow the muscles to, and the body to sort of adapt to the stress you've been placing on them in that specific mode, then the adaptation won't occur and you won't get any stronger you'll just continue to overreach or overload and eventually you'll crash and burn and <clears throat> the wheels fall off and you can have as much foam as you want but you, you can't run the beach track at seven and a half minutes a k when your usual pace is 4 you're knackered. um so yeah that 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 is a deload week usually it's about like what, 20 30 40 percent of your um training week prior um some there's a lot of variations between how you structure that and how the person responds to it so some people like super light stuff so like light aerobic activity not too long like 30 40 minutes of just keeping the body ticking over and the reason why that's there is to keep the blood flowing to working muscles to deliver all the deliverables so it can repair and adapt also to keep that cycle ticking over so you don't come in to the next week of your cycle of your new like training block completely and utterly dead because that might happen as well there's also a case for including some intense work as well so say an easy run with some pickups is much needed just to add a bit of variety and you can add intensity and that does increase the blood flow but it doesn't really cause too much stress on the body so the recovery time's not as high and you see that in and the bike as well. So you can do EPD bursts, or you can do just a little 40 minute sprint set where you do literally nothing apart from like six, 15 second sprints. Keep you engaged, keep your neuromuscular side ticking over as well, and promote that recovery. What people find is that because it's like 30, 40% less, it's not as much. And your body then starts to go into recovery mode where it invests a lot of energy and time into trying to like regenerate that muscle fiber and all the adaptations that occur, and what happens, you have less energy, you feel super lethargic, and because you're sleeping more, like typically you carry that over as well. So that's that's pretty much the science. I don't know if you want to chime in there guys, and uh, add anything else you find works in recovery week to sort of help people get through it. Yeah. I do.
0: I think a lot of people understand the recovery week and why they should do it. But a lot don't feel like they need to maybe or actually find it hard to take it seriously unless they've been through a patch where they are overtrained or have got injured or, you know, have put themselves um, into a, a position where they can't train because they haven't taken the time to recover like, before they got to that point. And as much as we can explain the science behind it, which you did a, a great job of it there. I think the, the main reason people skip the recovery weeks is because they feel like they're just going to go backwards in it. Mm. And yeah. so I like to not trick people into recovery or my clients into recovery, but keep as much variation in their recovery week as possible but maybe just make it a lot of it like very easy zone one stuff or replace um, like an hour bike session with half an hour spin and plus some like 30 minutes stretching or foam rolling and really emphasize like a lot more of the maintenance kind of work in that week so that they almost don't realize that they've done less, but we know that Mm -hmm. they have because intensity has been a lot lower and and volume might have come out of it as well.
1: Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that as well. So instead of maybe putting, you know, like a hard interval session on a Thursday, you swap it out for even you can swap it out for less interval reps or less time in that stress zone, can't you? And everyone still thinks that they're training super hard, but they're not necessarily training with as much intensity or volume. And you've defaulted them into a recovery week, whether they like it or not. Yeah. And it, it depends as
0: well who you like the demographic you're dealing with because some people train with us for the lifestyle, the socialize, the social element and to have structure to their week. And when you suddenly say to them, yeah, don't turn up to coffee run, you're going to be recovering. They don't know what to do with themselves. They're like, oh, uh, okay. Like throws their whole day off. So you've got to like, I think as well, take it, or I'd certainly break my clients down into like more performance based clients, more lifestyle based clients. And then like, I've got my like professional clients who they don't really get a choice in the matter. It's like, you have to work your ass off now and then recovery will come. And they are like, they love recovery weeks because they know how important they are and, and they will happily just sleep way more to get through them. Whereas the more like performance-based clients with me, they're like they understand they should have recovery, but they don't really feel like they want to have them because they feel like their numbers might drop back or go down, but the more experienced ones do understand it and they can share to me some things that might help them with recovery week. And then my like more lifestyle based clients, they they don't really care for a recovery week, but they have it without really understanding that they have it, but their structure remains. So I think people think, oh, recovery, like, it's just a complete, my whole weekly structure gets ruined, but that doesn't always need to be the case. You can still have exactly the same structure, just understand what different sessions do for you from a physiological perspective.
1: It's interesting. Yeah. Do you...
2: oh, carry on, Rob.
1: All right, okay. I was going to say, um, question to you, Tom. So, like, let's say with your more lifestyle-based clients that are maybe they're doing an hour a day, if you think about it, if you're training for an hour a day, you're looking at like anywhere between 5 and 7% or something of the day, and the rest of the day you're doing nothing is, is in effect, recovery. So would you maybe make your build slightly longer? Yeah. A, say traditional 3-1, because in three weeks of only doing an hour a day, they might not get enough volume in to yeah. warrant a recovery week versus, I, a, let's say, yeah. a, a professional.
0: Sometimes I have conversations with clients that says, Like our goal is to earn a recovery week. Yeah. So it might not come. If you hit all your sessions, bang on in the next three weeks, you're going to need some time to recover. But if you don't, then we can roll that recovery week onto the next one because you're not, a recovery week only works if you have the stimulus in the body to need the recovery. So if it's Mm -hmm. not there, if there's no, if there's not a signal there for adaptation, then you need to create it. And yeah, you might plan a recovery week at the end of, last week of each month but if you've not pushed hard enough and the fitter you get the harder you have to work to to earn them then um yeah you you roll it on and it might take seven eight weeks for that build and that fatigue to happen
2: mm-hmm. in your recovery week that's a t-shirt in the making isn't it
1: <laughs> that's a cap is it? yeah it's a cap you can see Goggins yeah. wearing that
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a few clients of mine who know about that
2: you got to earn it, you've got to earn it.
1: They're still, they, haven't, they, haven't, they, haven't, they haven't had a recovery
2: week yet, they're still going.
1: Yeah,
2: I <laughs> them. I think the important thing um, I find with some of my athletes is that when I'm looking to plan in a recovery week, I, I'm also trying to give them a bit of variation and cross-training so you can get yourself caught up in, say, a 70.3 or a full Ironman bubble or an ultra bubble for that matter. And it's about giving them opportunity to step back a little bit and just appreciate and maybe do things they don't usually do. So, do you ever plan in things that are still activity based and still get the heart pumping, but won't necessarily have anything to do with their sport, as long as it's safe? No, no ankles no backs.
0: I, sometimes I ask them to suggest things to me. It always seems to end up being paddle boarding, which I can't understand. It's so boring. <laughs> but yeah, paddle boarding seems to be one. Or I ask them, you know, go check out a class or you know, something different, but I don't tell them. I, I often ask them to suggest it to me what they'd like to do yeah. and try and accommodate to that. But sometimes say you're in like quite a big build and they're like, Oh, you know, recovery coming up. I'd like to try something new. Like, I'd like to try CrossFit. I'm like, ah, oh, please don't. Cause you're going to need a recovery week after your one CrossFit session because it's such a different stimulus and you're going to yeah. go so hard and intense if you do it properly you're you're not recovering like that's yeah. not recovery or if they're like yeah i'm gonna go do just pure upper body I'm like, okay but we've not done that in months so that's not actually recovery you're then firing in a different signal for adaptation and, and we've already got enough so it can be quite exactly. tricky I'd, I'd rather they put more effort into like doing something with their friends because yeah. we'll talk about this but a recovery week is is for your mind as well as for your body as well and I think Uh. I've experienced this like I've had a recovery week like quote finger things I'm showing now but mentally I haven't and I've come out the other side feeling worse than like when I went in and on the other side of things I've say like I go away and like I had like a week in the Alps let's say and I've ridden like five six (laughs) hundred k's I've smashed my body but mentally it was like the best thing ever for me I feel fresher coming out of that than I would have from an actual recovery week where I've done no training, but sat there and stressed about it.
2: Exactly. I think that's a massive thing. It's the whole mental break of it. It's just because you get stuck into that. So if you're on a six month or your competition's a year away and you're, you're starting that process, being able to take breaks out from that and just refresh gives you so much more energy towards your training. So you feel excited for it. I find sometimes when if if uh, if an athlete has come back to me and saying they're not feeling excited about training or they don't like the enjoyment is starting to sap a little bit, then that's a sure sign that they need a little bit of a just a break, like a a refresher. So even if the the week isn't planned in, sometimes it needs to be shoehorned in there because they're clearly showing signs of reaching towards that like that overreaching stage or that overtraining stage or just a bit of mental fatigue, which is, I think it's one of the most detrimental things to your training is not in looking forward to it. Yeah. You come back, you're active, you've seen your mates you haven't seen for three weeks because you've been getting up at five in the morning, going to sleep at four in the afternoon and you can uh, do some socializing. Agreed.
0: What do you think, Rob, on that for mental side of things?
1: Definitely. I, like, I, I was just thinking there, whenever whenever you're talking about recovery weeks, I was trying to think when I last had a recovery week, and I haven't. I've just been building and building and building and building. I think now for nearly two months, and I know there is a deload coming, which is going to, in effect, be my recovery as the, as the volume decreases, but it's more of a taper. Um, I was just thinking I don't do well on, on recovery weeks because – I. I like to always do something every day. And I do like a smash fest, I'll be perfectly honest. And I find that if I, it's a very, um, what's the word? It's almost in my head, it's almost ingrained that if I don't get a sweat on, I am going to regress. And I know it's not true. I know there's literature out there that shows it's fully beneficial for my body. But it is so deeply ingrained in my psyche that if I do nothing, I'll get fat. (laughs) <laughs> or, you know, I'll, I'll eat too much or I'm going to lose fitness. And it's a very hard thing to shift. So I fully understand where people come from when they have that. But um, one I was thinking about that actually people struggle with as well is a taper. That final week before their event and they still want to almost push super hard all the way up to event. And people do not like reducing volume before a race. Yeah. I
0: was
1: wondering why you I think know.
0: that is. That, I think, comes with it with experience of knowing what it's like to mess up a race because you are Mm. overcooked for it. And I think it's important Mm. to self-reflect after races and be able to go back and and read your old race blogs and things and know that like, Oh yeah, I remember that I went in and I was smashed. And so I do need to, to taper properly. And then also I think it's about understanding how a taper works. Yeah. And I think every taper for, every athlete should look a little bit different. Some athletes yeah. need intensity, some need a little bit less, some need more volume within it, but it's all based on the athlete's history and, and knowing how they should be feeling in a, in, a, in a taper week as well. And it's also really important that the athlete shares how they're feeling for that taper week to us as coaches because we can only like, predict how you should taper. There's no set format for any athlete so like um a few of my guys do this to me they tell me how they used to do it and what they like to do in it and you know i might say to them okay the taper session is three by three minutes at race intensity in a 45 minute session and they go no 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 i i used to do um two by six minutes okay uh fine so uh, like why oh, I don't know I just always do it that way and it, and it always works for me so I'm not going to question that like hmm. I'll be like okay no worries we'll do two by six because if I say no, nah, we're doing three by three they'll be like no that's, that's not my taper session I've never done that before and I'm suddenly changing it whereas if you can think ahead a little bit and and maybe in their recovery weeks say the two recovery weeks they have prior to the to the race or the event you almost say like okay here's your recovery week we're going to practice some sessions that you'll do in your taper for when your event comes up. They then start to feel a lot more comfortable when taper week comes around because they've already been through like two mock, you know, yeah. mock-up weeks of it. Two mock Yeah. Like a taper can be three weeks. But I, I do that a lot with, yeah. with guys who are on big volume, like for Ironman, for ultra and stuff, it needs to be three, two, three weeks and you can start putting those sessions in early. So they, they become familiar with it and they understand it better and that they're going to feel, you know, oh yeah, actually that last set of three minutes was enough. I didn't need any more than that. Um, you know, I actually used to do that two by six session and I used to feel a little bit tired in the first half of the bike or something like that. Whereas this, this three by three, I feel a bit fresher. So I reckon it's more like, uh, it comes down to coach athlete relationship, doesn't it? Of of understanding what they want as well as what they need.
1: This is where the feedback in training, peaks is so goddamn important. <laughs> Always, yeah. Big shout out to people who actually do their client feedback.
2: I do yes. enjoy a nice little debrief brief and daily daily updates on feelings.
1: Um, it's interesting, as you said, it's it's good. So, like, when you say uh, people that don't do well with a taper week, you can almost judge that from their recovery week, what their, um, you know, People feel rotten in their recovery week. And that's, i guessing, that's probably what they think they're going to feel like in their taper week.
0: Yeah. I also think there's no, it's really, it's not good to just say it is because it is. Mm. Like there's always a reason you're not feeling great. And I, and I like to, to work that out. So if someone gets to recovery week and they feel worse at the end, it's not just putting it down to, ah, recovery week. Like, I like to dig back a little bit. And the two biggest ones I find that come back to me is um, they've seen the recovery weeks coming. So they've actually pushed a little bit harder in the weeks before and, they, and you haven't realized. So they might have actually hit the overtraining stage before you've got to the recovery week without realizing. And the other one, um, sorry, included in that is they do secret sessions that you didn't know about <laughs> that because that's come up a few times and then the other one is they see recovery week coming reduce volume reduce intensity so they stop eating yeah and so they get to the end of the week and they've had three really hard weeks where they've built up this huge deficit of calories and muscle tissue breakdown and sleep deprivation and then they're like oh my god recovery week and they just stop they're like cut cut their meals in half they stop taking like their morning you know smoothie and greens and stuff like that and they think i'm not training i don't need don't need this stuff and they just basically start like you know going catabolic by the end of their recovery week because they've just not eaten enough whereas i really am a fan of in a recovery week like you should be eating pretty much your same staple meals you just you're cutting out extra food by not eating during your sessions or um exactly before the sessions yeah that's
2: super I i love the secret training oh I feel terrible, all, but why is that? Oh, because I did this, this, and this. Oh, ah, yeah. things you didn't didn't say. The yeah, best one, I think, maybe-
0: People jump into a Barry's boot camp. Like, oh, I just jumped into a Barry's. I'm like, ah, oh, wish I could have known that.
1: <laughs> Max effort treadmill. Yeah.
2: 45 minutes followed by like push ups and burpees. Yeah, so- uh, it wasn't
0: heavy weights, no, but you did 120 reps of squat. Like-
2: jump on at your max lactate heart rate pace Should yeah. probably above it and yeah, that definitely doesn't help the rico week but that, that comes down to understanding what to do and what not to do i, I fully agree with your um eating and people stop eating that tends to happen a lot but if they fuel incorrectly for their exercises then that's all they need to cut out really yeah. if they continue as they were it's, it's happy days plus or minus two to three um, beverages if they're on a proper recovery week. week. But the mid. Here's a question, right? So in a recovery week, I like to, at the end of it, when they're starting to come out of that slump, stick in some high intensity, like quite often testing. So I like to test them. So that, come back to your point, Tom and Rob, about people who don't necessarily see the benefit or also get anxious that they're gonna go behind and fall back. Mm. is I feel there's a lot of benefit in putting a test towards the end of it just to show them that they've recovered and have actually adapted and are stronger than they were in the previous month. I'm not saying you do this like continuously, but it's also a nice way to practice your pre-race taper the week mm. before. If you've got intensity coming up later on, so if, you, if you're seven days out from a marathon or seven days out from a hill climb or something like that, and you plan in what you would do normally, before that competition you drill it in and then you show the performance benefit by testing in a similar race situation or a similar physiological like test is that not way good to bypass that i'm going backwards i'm progressing and also gets you trained so you understand the process when going into a competition you're a lot more aware of the benefits
0: i think that can work i tend to test after a recovery week and i use the back end to get them back into it. So maybe uh, like a power progression type of session on the bike or a far leg session on the run um, similar in the pool, maybe like just some aerobic fifties and things, and then test the following week because I tend to see more of a buy-in to the recovery week. They know that following week is going to be testing. I think sometimes if you say, okay, you've got recovery week coming up and we're going to test at the end of the week, you might spend the week, Uh, mentally analysing the test too much and stressing over it. So I think, again, it it completely depends on on an athlete. Like if you told us three, okay, FTP test coming up at the end of the week, take the week easy, we'd all be like, oh, yes, definitely, because we know how hard the FTP test is. But if someone doesn't know or doesn't have that like uh, self-belief that five days they won't lose any fitness, I think they probably would stress more that there's a test coming up at the end.
1: I'd say you could almost do a test without testing, if that makes sense. So, you, you know, instead of doing like an FTP test, everybody knows what that is. Everyone knows that they're going to go and in for some hurt <laughs> and yeah. it's meant to hurt. But you could almost then put in efforts at a certain wattage that you know might be just beyond what they think they can reach and see, you know, like for the guys that want to run a 5K um in 20 minutes you know set them five by one k at three for example and see if they can hit those those efforts and then it's a good sort of it's a test without being a test
0: that's exactly what me and skinny are laughing because we've been through this the last two weeks we've been coming up with some benchmark methods of what we want to use with with athletes and and how we not we're not uh, like doing fake testing or trick testing but instead of putting people through tests and stressing them out we just have some set markers like official set markers along the way which we were using anyway but we've
2: established that we should make them a bit more uniformed
1: there are key there. sessions
2: key mm-hmm. sessions to measure progress if your month has a, a progress marker so if your month has a if you're an aerobic base phase for the bike there's a key session that you can pick out and you can measure their aerobic efficiency which is a definite definite indicator of progress and also lets you see if they're overtrained or just not having enough volume to cause that stress the lovely you have thing to have and it, you're right it does take the stress away
1: yeah because i think for, for i have quite a few people that as soon as they see the word test they're mentally they're gone and if they mm. if they see that you know if if i share that with them on the weekend and it's on a thursday the following week that's all they worry about for the entire week is the test the test the test um and quite often they won't hit their their full potential in that test purely because it's a test.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's a mindset shift. I think you always get that worry. I have a ramp test in the pool now after this, and I've been on my mind for like three days since I saw it go in. But uh instead of stressing about it, it's like, okay, I've got a chance to prove myself. Yeah. And the same with a recovery week is the more inexperienced you are with them, it's like, oh, I've got recovery, I'm gonna lose fitness. It's like oh, I've got recovery week that's going to motivate me super hard for the next two weeks, and then during that recovery week, I'm going to plan, like, I've got more time to try out, like, a new whatever, new meal prep thing, or I've got time to go spend with friends, or, like, oh, it's brilliant, I'm going to have a little bit more time back, and I'm going to recover better, and I'm going to be ready for the next block of it. So I think it's important for you to understand, like, we all have the, like you said, mate, you worry about, like if you don't do something every day, you're gonna like put weight on, lose fitness. Like these thoughts are really normal, and and mm. us guys have them. But how you frame them to yourself is the key to to getting through them. I think.
1: Yeah, and just Get avoid lime. La- avoid lime tree. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I find uh, Doctor Sean Sean Bearden from Science of Ultra put it a really, really good way. I've just written down, that's not even English. I've written down one of the quotes he talks about when he uh, talks about recovery. I'm gonna read it out, don't know if I'm gonna do it anyway. So it says, or he says, when the strain of your exercise and other life stress, which I thought was an interesting one, outweigh your recovery, break down. When there's the perfect balance, you're able to continue doing all the same workouts, but you won't get any better. But if your body can be stimulated to become more than it currently is, and you give it the resources and the rest to do so, you will adapt to become a stronger and faster runner. Very solid. solid I I really liked how you wrote that. So we've covered off
0: how you can feel in a recovery week. I think more from a, a negative standpoint, but what should you be feeling like at the end of a recovery week? Like what do you boys feel when you've got done your recovery week the right way? Eager. How do you, how Eager. do you feel at the end? Eager. Eager. I find right. I'm still awake at 8 PM. <laughs> I'm like, I feel great. And then I think, why do I, and, uh, Oh yeah. And he had like an easy morning session and I'm not dead.
1: I find fully uh, fully awake. not necessarily even after full recovery week, but even after I have my recovery days that are scheduled in or my recovery time or lighter efforts and I go into a harder block, I can definitely maintain the paces or the, the higher paces for longer. Um, I feel my legs feel fresher. I feel my form is generally a little bit better. and I, I generally feel mentally quite clear. Yeah yeah like it's almost like it's almost like turning your laptop off closing all your windows down and then opening them up with a clear internet browser and you know everything's clean and ready to go again
2: that is what an analogy i fully agree i i think um, they're summarized by um, my eager comment just simple keep it simple stupid kiss the mm-hmm. principle you feel like you've had a break, a decent break. You feel enthusiastic for the running and when you actually or cycling or whatever you're doing, and then when you actually get into it, you feel like you want to do it. I think that's a real strong pull. Is that the motivation has been almost because the motivation doesn't dull out, it just you get so tired, especially if you've got a high load, if you're in the, the last block of your peak phase, then you're absolutely cooked. Life takes a back burner, X, Y, and Z. So you're you're falling into that and that recovery week is so needed for a mental refreshment so when you come to do it you're when you come to start again you feel just ready and wanting and also i think as
0: well have the confidence to say if you're not because we're talking about recovery week as if it's a week but that's seven days it could be 10 it could be 15 like your recovery
2: yeah
0: recovery is only recovery if it's recovery that might sound weird but it makes sense it's like if you have a recovery ride but you don't feel recovered at the end then you ain't recovered correct like if you give someone a glass of orange juice but it doesn't you know it's taste of whatever apple juice just because it says orange juice doesn't mean it is so i think as well bring it bring it back to communication is is tell your coach or or, or speak to them and, and say actually don't feel very recovered now I feel more stressed because during my recovery week so- and-so went off sick and I had to work more hours and it's like okay, so you've not actually recovered. Let's, let's just extend
2: it on a little bit and, and be okay with yeah. it. Understand, understanding other life stresses as well like that quote says is a super important thing because it doesn't stress doesn't just come from physiology and training and exercise, right. Other life events happen that can sometimes quickly quickly degrade your training and your sleep etc etc which means you have to go into the full reco because you just don't have the capacity to train yeah
0: good what are some other things we'd expect to see in a recovery week
1: um I, so i was going to add in there that um as well what you said tom like it might take te- longer than uh, this arbitrary number that we've said as a week is seven days but as well if if you feel like during those seven days that you you don't need to run that's because if you run you're still you're still using the same organs as you would do on an easy run as you would do on a hard run it's just an easy it's less stimuli isn't it it's less training stress but there still is training stress so you can almost then if you're not ready for that you can cut the run and go for a walk just change the the if you like the picture of what you've got on Mm.
0: yeah that's a good one also would expect to see if you're tracking heart rate and heart rate variability i'd expect to see heart rate resting pulse certainly in the morning dropping and i'd expect to see heart rate variability going up so that could be a good measure of your recovery week how well you are recovering if if those yeah. are happening and also like you said mate if you're not feeling eager and sprightly by the end then that's a pretty good sign that you've not executed the recovery week as, as
2: well as you should have um, I think that's always, always good for a coach to, um, to feedback on that as well so most people plug their heart rate variability and also resting heart rate into training peak so we, we can see the schematic throughout the week and see if it's going in the direction we want it to so we can feed back mid, mid rest like recovery week to say what's going on because actually got, your resting heart rate is going up <laughs> yeah. what's the stress yeah
0: that's where you figure out the secret workouts
2: yeah so it at in the morning
1: delete from training peaks but leave it on strava
2: <laughs> <laughs> take some skull doggery
0: good i think that covers it i might get a few questions off the back of that so if you do guys please write in to us endurance and skinny will get you back on and help us answer some some questions we might get around recovery anything else left to add
2: I don't know. I don't know. I think we've covered quite a lot of quite random stuff there, but I think the main key takeaway is, is that recovery week's aren't set in stone. Recovery weeks should be seen as really beneficial things, so mindset going into them, and also communicate with the coach as much as possible so that it's beneficial as opposed to not beneficial. Yeah, and if you're self-coached,
0: you can track your recovery week by looking at resting heart rate, heart rate variability, And your mental state, eagerness, ready to train state as well.
2: Um, You can take mood profiles every day, couldn't you? A training piece does that anyway.
0: Yeah. I think a lot, you know, some listeners are self coached and they haven't got that that coach to help them figure it out. So um, it's worth noting you should plan a recovery week into your longer blocks whether it's three weeks four weeks five weeks in to your build it's important to have it planned i wouldn't wait until you need it you've probably um waited too long so you Mm. should have it planned in and i also like to plan it around life events as well so if someone's got a birthday coming up and they're going away for the weekend it's a really good time to slot in a recovery week because they can really switch off and enjoy it so i would look at the big picture of of your macro plan and planning your recovery weeks based around that and then ensure that you're keeping a track of yourself during those to know whether you actually are recovering or not because you haven't got that coach there to
2: help you with that yeah
1: there's one interesting point I think it's a
2: thinker because me and Rob Jones listen to this podcast the science of ultra mm. and they say do you even need a recovery week oh yeah I saw
0: that title actually and then I said yes and I didn't listen to it
2: <laughs> it's a free, it's a good it's a good listen it brings up some thought-provoking things
0: well recovery week is just a name for change the stimulus and you yeah. always need a change of stimulus so they're just hook baiting and i'm just jealous i didn't think of it
1: <laughs> very very good time. Man. <laughs> good
0: yeah what else is happening? We've got a busy two months left, mate. You're community manager. Why don't you tell us give us some sneak peeks?
2: What's you the community manager sneak peeks? Oh, we've got wait this weekend. We're gonna go have some fun and some sand. And then yeah, they get that in time. And then in a couple of weeks after that, we've got our little trip to RAC, which is gonna be an awesome weekend. So check in with your coaches, or if you if you want to get coached, you can get invited. Come along, <laughs> reach yeah. out uh we've got some more races just fun times and we're trying to try and organize a christmas uh, christmas wad as well not a christmas wad christmas uh, party santa smash fest or is it just going to be an actual christmas party with food and beer i think the second not a smash not a santa smash fest that could get badly interpreted
1: you have to cycle or run to the party and then a few hours later after everyone's inebriated see you longer So much longer it takes them to get back. Bear crawl back,
2: bear crawl
0: back. Yeah, it's going to be a really busy last two months of the year. And uh, actually very excited for it. It's been a strange year, but these last two months, it's uh, eight weeks, isn't it, to go. I think a lot can be done now, especially out here in Dubai as the weather cools down, especially for our team who stayed on the ball so well during the summer, during the whole COVID lockdown time. Well, racing has shown just how, how much it is paying off for everyone now. What we went through. PBs all the time. Unbelievable. And there's so much more to come in this last two, uh, last two months or, or eight weeks of the year. Yeah,
1: it's next level. I think it's what, like so what, what it's shown is that strength training during lockdown and not having much impact from running, like being forced into strength training for people, Super beneficial. And then training through the summer after a block of strength training is now just like paying dividends for everybody. And, and banded Track Tuesday now. And banded, banded. Let's not forget about banded Track Tuesday. <laughs> do you know have any bands I snapped trying to do that? <laughs> oh, God. I have a scar banded across Track my Tuesday. chest. My <laughs> <laughs> <With> one recoiled <laughs> off the wall. Some brilliant
0: things came out of... The COVID situation here. Walker Wednesday's on like I don't know what number we're on, but it it's coming up to like thirty something. We thought that would only go on six weeks.
2: Yeah, that's that's relentless, and it's always the same. It's always the same faces sweating profusely, just heavy breathing. Each each one of us take a turn to heavy breathe to motivate the others. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. No, there's a lot of a lot of good takeaways i think um running in the summer as well because obviously people couldn't travel and being more aware of what your body was doing rpe wise has been a massive learning curve for somebody and the 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 paces that we're seeing now and the associated RPEs with it and the awareness of what they're actually feeling is it's next level so when you say how did that room feel you get a lot more well constructive feedback
0: You do. Excellent. Thank you, you, lads. If you want to write into the show, you can endurance at innerfight.com or you can head over and ask questions via our Instagram, which is IF underscore endurance. If you want to reach out to Rob Jones, he is on RJ at innerfight.com or Robert Jones Endurance on Instagram. Rob Foster is RF at innerfight.com or RE underscore Foster on Instagram. Yes. (laughs) No longer Bob Cam. Yeah, Bob Bob Cam 88.
1: (laughs) I forgot about that.
0: (laughs) If you want to reach out to me, twainthefight.com and Tom Walker Fitness. We'll be back next week. Send in your questions. We want to give back to you guys as much as we can for these last few months um, of the year and make sure that we're getting all your questions answered, which we do do. Uh, so please email in or write into us on Instagram and if you want to get involved with any of the things that old Bobcam88 just said you can also email in and we'll see what we can do for you there as well lads any last thing on
1: recovery weeks? do not fear them
2: yeah enjoy them there we are see you next week ciao bye